Blog Talk Radio. Andy Welcome to the War Room. We got Dez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you want to end a one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What is good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Jimmy, and I'm here with my brother, B. Austin. Um, listen, this is definitely going to be a <clears throat> short episode this evening. Our brother, Dev, is uh, traveling the world feeding the homeless, so it's just me and B. Austin here. Um, you know, our favorite sports of uh, hoops as well as uh, NFL, are not going on. So there's nothing really too much to talk about, but it's always like, something going on in the world. I like, I like OnlyFans. I like OnlyFans wrestling, though. We can talk about, yeah, you know, you know we're going to be awesome about that. I'm sure we're about to talk about some OnlyFans. We're going to talk about some Drew League. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Like, you know what I'm saying, Asante Samuel. So so we're, going, we're mm-hmm. definitely going to have fun, man. So you can get Base, on the conversation baseball by – um, Baseball ball turning down $440 million now. Yeah, we got, a couple things. we got a couple things to talk about. We got a couple things. But you can uh, join in right now by going to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room or join us on Facebook or Twitter, which is at war room sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about maybe 10 minutes on the digital extreme tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. You know what I'm saying? So we, we definitely want to, um, you know, have some fun and talk about what we got to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing at Scott in the chat room, said he got his JBLs on and that intro was bumping. What's good, Skyview Nil? Way to hold us down as always. But listen though, um, we definitely gotta let you know before we get started that whether you're live with us or anytime, you can check us out on demand. As a matter of fact, you can check out all of our partner shows as well on the Warren Sports Podcast Network. Go right to warmsports.com or you can find it on um, you know, any of your major podcast listening platforms. There's never an excuse to miss an episode. You know, we got Tissue in the Tape, The Broad Street Line, Superstars, Joan Appetit, On the Couch with the Wilsons. We got a bunch of content there. So please, please make sure you check it check it out. You know what I'm saying? So be awesome. Like, we definitely going to do, uh, you know, how we generally do with our hot topics. Like I said, we're going to be all over the place because ain't no hoops unless you want to, like, really cover the Drew League or, or, you know, the Summer League in New York or whatnot. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, and our hot topic to you by my bookie, and it's Time for you to make some money sports betting on my bookie, and you could do that with uh, the MLB. Although me and B Austin, we ain't about their life. So you know you can stop wasting time and uh, place a bet. Lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports. You can join us and many other online players by placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. Get paid fast with no hassle. They have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game starts. Join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM. That's one word, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate, you know, this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid, and that is all there is to it. Be awesome. You. you. Know, we, like, uh, we like counting, you know what I mean? You like counting folks' bread, right? So how are we going to start this show off is we're going to talk about the boy Juan Soto. 
I mean, anybody who listens to us knows that we really don't care about baseball, but we care about chicken. And um, this brother right here uh, turned down some Yo, nice hold on chicken, real quick. Man. Before you get into that, yo, shout out to Manny Ramirez. And if you've been down with us for a long time, you know why. Go ahead. I'll bet. Yo, so he got a, a 14-year extension from the Nationals. That joint was something crazy. It was like $400 million. Four hundred and forty yeah, million. Four hundred and forty million. Excuse me, I ain't mean to short the brother. Four hundred and forty million on a fourteen year deal, and my guy said, "Nah, I'm good." And what I didn't know, right? So you sent me a link, yep. Paul, um, with like the highest paid players, and I was reading through that. His four forty, mm-hmm. just in terms of like pure contract, would have put been the top, right? Right now is Mike top, Trout uh, four hundred twenty. Yeah. Not average, but, but, not average total value though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total total value is definitely richest ever, but because it's but fourteen not years, I tried to I tried to make logical sense of this, and basically I'm about to say a whole bunch of words, and at the end of them words I'm gonna say the shit still don't make sense. But if you look at four forty over fourteen, it's basically paying him thirty one million per season. There's two ways to look at it. Puts him in the bottom of the top ten right now, which is still huge. Mm-hmm. And then if you adjust for where they may feel or his agents and team may feel that a player commensurate with his ability is going to be in seven years, halfway through the contract, and I'm not quite sure of his age, but halfway through the contract, they feel he'll still be in his prime and he'll only be making $31 million a year. First of all, why give did I say only? Uh, only yeah. be making $31 million. I'm making sense of it in a, in a way that, okay, my man wants to be top five to top to number one in terms of per season uh, salary. That could be that, – that's illogical. Actually, you want to be top as opposed to number nine or ten. And then they're adjusting for inflation – in the middle to the to the latter part of the contract. Jimmy, all that shit said, how about turn down a half a billion, yo? How'd that yo, even possible? Yo. To play the, a game of amusement. <laughs> yo, he turned down yo. 31 million. Yo, Scott, he you, turned Scott, down the 31 said, million. Scott, the chat room said, by the way, we should make that a t-shirt. We don't care about baseball. We care about chicken. But, um, Oh, Definitely, <laughs> yo, but um, but no, four hundred forty, right? So, so the thing is, that's this. Yo, how you go home? And be like, yeah, they offered me four hundred forty million. I was like, nah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yo, yo what do you I know my like wisdom. You came home and I told my wisdom, my wisdom cipher. I I don't think I could tell her that. Yeah, yeah they offered me four forty. I wanted four four sixty, so I turned that ish down. Hey, 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 Neil and Scottview, I want to know y'all. I see y'all the chat. I want to know what y'all, what y'all would say to, uh, to your significant other if they came home and was like, you know what I mean? Somebody offered me $440 million, guaranteed. And I was like, guaranteed. Nah, I'm going I'm to I'm huddle and find something else. Here's the thing, right? And I don't think people know this. Maybe, maybe all right, we have a certain segment of intelligent listeners, so they probably do. But baseball, Major League Baseball, has the best contract in the sports world. Soccer, yeah. football is a is probably a close second, but nothing mm-hmm. pays like baseball. Like nothing, nothing pays like baseball. Yo, from getting drafted, 
Yeah. And it, and it might be the demographics of, you know, where I spend my time and all that, right? Um, mm. But these baseball players could walk by me and target, and I wouldn't know. I'm pretty Yo. sure some of them probably Yo. have. Yo, and, Yo. That, and that's the you crazy said... part. Them ain't the football players, like, what all kinds Yo, of you broke. Yo, Yo, you broke something down. You you looked at that list I sent, right? Yo, once I yeah, got out of the top I want to bring up I something didn't... about the list. Let me bring up something about the list. I, I didn't know none of them do. There are over one, there are over 115 players in the history of baseball that have gotten a contract in terms of total value more than 100 million guaranteed. Yo, that is Yo. a lot. That's of 10 chicken. billion in contracts. You know? Yo, that's a lot of chicken, yo. And the crazy part is now I think about like my feelings on baseball and many of the people that I talk to, and it's like, yo. None of this, none of this money is coming to our folks. <laughs> our folks, in the in the grand scheme of things, right? So we, Yo, we got like three players, in that in that top in the, that top ten. We got like three, maybe in the top twenty. Jim, Jim, Carlo. There are there are a lot of folks who are like um, that's the work they do is try to get more uh, more African Americans to participate in baseball at a higher clip. Yo, but we got to because it's a lot of chicken being thrown around, yo. Uh, the, chick, the chicken, the chicken, as was explained by a YouTuber who was actually a professional, like minor leaguer, like when he came out of school, kind of the man, like he was nice. So he only played two seasons in the majors, but he broke down the way the money worked. First of all, when you get drafted, they give you a signing bonus, like a guaranteed, like like NFL signing bonus, like all right, young man, here's three million. Now you're going to go play in double-A. Now, double-A, you might only make $1,000 a week, $1,500 a week, but you got $3 million up front. Then they move you up in the system, and you might be prorated on a veteran minimum. So if you can get to the majors, let's say for how many how many games in the season, Jim? For $180 million or 160 Yeah, yeah, 162 162, so then you get paid, I think veteran minimum is like three thirty five hundred a game, or it was 10 years ago when he was playing. It was like 10 years ago, veteran minimum was like something crazy, like 3500 a game. So he played 50 major league games in his second season, so he made that 3500 for those 50 games, plus he had already gotten his $3 million. Yo, my man made the rest of his life off of just two years of pro and signing <laughs> book. Like, not, yeah, not so big, I, big money, but, like, he set himself up because he was a reasonable guy, respectable, did the right things with his money. He was like, yo, I made 450000 one year, I made 300000 the next year, and I stacked my $3 million signing bonus, so I'm all good. Yo, baseball is amazing. Yeah, so, Economics on baseball are amazing. So, so it is amazing, man. But Scotty brings up a point too. He said he should call Nerlens Noel. If you remember what happened with Nerlens Noel, um, he turned down a huge deal and ended up getting injured and then had to take a one-year deal and hasn't really recouped that bread yet. Um, yeah, he took that gamble. So. Early I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen to this boy because you're going to feel crazy yeah. turning out 440, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a 440. 
But that's a lot of I'm, that's I'm, a lot I'm of almost, down. Like I'm not hating. Like I I definitely hope he get half that. But I do hope like something happened where he don't get the full four forty just for turning it down. Just for turning it down. Yo man, I'm 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 mad excited to get to the quarter of the week, but I ain't gonna get to the quarter of the week yet, man, because we got a couple other things that we gotta talk about. I mean, one of the stories I definitely want to talk about is surrounding the quarter of the week. So maybe I will move the quarter of the week up, so then we can then talk about this story. Um, yes, and the quarter of the week is from one Asante Samuel. The brother said, "Yo, I don't watch film. I don't lift weights. I'm the last to get there and the first to leave. All that shit y'all talk about is overrated." And that, ladies and gentlemen is Asante Samuel. So, Asante Samuel <laughs> was on the podcast, right? Um, what's, the, what's the podcast name, B. Austin? I always get that. I am athlete. I am athlete, right? I, I, I am athlete with the, tyrant, uh, with the tyrant boy, Brandon Marshall. Demarius. Brandon Marshall. Demarius. Oh, rest in peace, Demarius. Um, Brandon Marshall, I'm going to say. But, um, you know, so they got the mm. spinoff, which is the pivot, but the I am athlete podcast. It was him, Shady, and no, Pac-Man. No, the Pivot and I am Apple have yeah. beef. Well, they have beef now, but I'm saying the guys from the Pivot. They got quiet beef. They, two of them originally started, Fred Taylor and uh, the Crowder Boy. They originally started on I am Athlete. Spun off where Clark got their own little, like, set up. But I enjoy both, depending upon who the guest is. Love um, both. Love both. But Asante, great, great Asante, and Asante was on there with Pac-Man as well as uh, Shady. Um, mm. you know, and Absolutely. it was probably, honestly, it's one of the top 10 podcasts I've ever listened to or watched. I didn't know what sounded like his personality, right? So I just, I just didn't I know. Did. Um, the ball is, he holds no punches. He, he, he pooped on players, teammates, coaches, everybody. He made himself like, yo, he talked about himself in such a manner that by the time he was done, I felt like, yo, he was a top two corner ever. And I don't know if I ever felt that way. Or it was just listening to him tell his case. Um, it was, it was a little it, bit of him. It was him telling his case and then kind of knowing and understanding the nuances of the position, right? Um, I, I went and did a little research um, because I've, I've always been an Asante Samuels supporter. I don't, I don't like to use the term fan. But I've been a supporter. Like, I appreciate his game. The knock that I gave him, the knock, was always, yo, he's a cover two corner. He's a zone corner. And by and large, it wasn't just – it wasn't athleticism. It wasn't that he wasn't fast. But if you saw the podcast and you saw how small he is, like, boy, like Allen Iverson's size, and, and, like, yeah. that's legit, like, that's the size he played at. Like, Bull played at, like, 180. And that's, and that's generous. Like, he played at a small at a small weight. But the but if, if you celebrate the personality, we also have to celebrate the intellect. Because in the midst of him telling these stories and, and having me dying with side stitches and tears laughing, yo, his intelligence is on, you know, no, like I got that too. When he intelligent dude, when he talked, uh, when he talked X's and O's and the nuances of the game, I was still impressed. I was like, "Yo, dude!" I was like, "Okay." So that so, makes so, make the quote that makes the quote even better. 
because it's like, yo, I'm just smarter than these dudes. I don't got to do all that. I'm smart. Yo, it does. But then, so it's two ways to look at it, right? Because also, like, you hear, I, I heard um, Brandon Marshall talking about, like, Chant Bailey and how Chant Bailey, how intelligent he was in terms of his thing for the game, too. So it makes you think that if you're that good without the practice, with getting there and leaving early and all that, how good would you have been if you did all those things? Yeah, that's that's another perspective. But the first of all, his argument. Let's start there. His argument for himself as the greatest of all time was immaculate. His argument for him being the greatest of all time, and the only person he allowed to put in front of him was Dion. The only like yeah. it it catapulted him into my top. It's funny though, right? Real quick, real quick. I'm gonna let you finish that, but I want to say this because real quick, it's funny that. It was, as they were naming names, he was, like, basically pooping on them, right? Anybody they named yeah. up there. When they named Dion, he left that alone. He left that completely like, alone. Yeah, he shitted he on the old head. Actually, Shady, Shady shitted on the old head. Dick Night Train Lane. Yo, he like, I didn't see him play. Get the F out of here. Yo, he pooped on him. He pooped, yo, he pooped on Revis. No, bro. I mean, the person, that got it, the person that got it worse, though, was his own teammate. Oh, my God. Oh my God, yo! What did you yo, think about? What did I'm, you think about? Yo, not, not only him. What did you think about him, Shady, as well as Brandon Marshall? Kind of like chipped in about how they saw Bull. What did you think about the way they collectively, um, you know, I, put CCs on uh, Namdi, aka Olivia Pope's I have a hundred. I have a hundred percent respect for their willingness to be candid and honest as they saw it. And the other thing that, that I appreciated was if you look at Nandi's career arc and the way that he explained it, it makes perfect sense. I'm not saying it's true or it's totally correct, but it fits completely. They basically said the Raiders were so bad that Bull was a mediocre player on a bad team. Why go after a mediocre player when you got bad players to go after? So it made Nambi look better than he was. And they were like, yo, dude had one move, which was jam you hard at the line of scrimmage, push you inside, and then just sit on whatever that route was. And by the time the, the QB came off, he's like, yo, I'm, I'm not throwing that way. I might as well throw to the four or five other open receivers out and, uh-huh. and Shanahan made that happen in Denver, touting dude and being great. I, I I believe it, man. I believe it. He came he came to Philly and he fell off of a cliff. And it can't possibly be athleticism or or party. Yo, boy didn't party. He didn't strike me as a smoker or a drinker. He was in great shape. He just couldn't play in that particular system. Like, he got exposed. And, and to, a, to an extent, that man called, called Asante to the carpet because he was like, look, you weren't a man up corner. You didn't travel. And Asante had a perfect rebuttal. Again, his rebuttals and his responses, I can't 100% say they're true, but they were so well thought out and articulated, it's like you can't help but give them credence. My man was like, yo, my man was like, what percentage of quarterbacks are right-handed? 90%. Where does a right-handed quarterback throw the ball 75% of the time? 
to his right or the left side of the formation. He says, so why would I travel and not just play on the left side where he's going to throw the ball anyway? I said, God damn, that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And he never played on the right. He never played on the right. He said, I play where the ball is coming, and the ball is coming yeah, to the uh, left. He said, so I, and that's yeah, where I am. He's like, I ain't, duck, I ain't ducking smoke. Folks be ducking smoke by going to the other side. Yo, if you go throw, yeah. yo, if you go throw to the right of the defense, you ducking me. <laughs> yo, yo Scotty says he's a hilarious fan. That yeah, he's not wrong. He said, but he got paid with Philly though. Speaking about Nambi, that is. Um, yo, yeah, the so best that, thing I, I Nambi did was, was marry that woman. He did that right. Yo, that's that's amazing content though, yo. That's probably, in terms of their podcast, that's probably my second favorite. The Shady one is probably my first favorite um, Crazy in terms of their work. podcast. In terms of the other yeah. one, the Pivot, though, the one I liked the best on there was the Mike Tomlin. I thought that was pretty good. Got to see him in a different, uh, different light. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it. that was pretty good. But, um, yeah, peep the Mike Tomlin. Joke. No, Asante, Asante's, Asante's understanding of the game is amazing. And if you listen – like, there's certain stuff in there that would trigger someone who buys into conventional reasoning and logic, like, oh, he should have practiced harder, he should have been there, should have been that. But, yo, when he broke down the game from an X and O's perspective, as Jimmy just said, like, his understanding mentally of the game is, is, is amazing. It, it was amazing. Like, he was breaking down what – quarterbacks do from a tendency perspective, and that's what he said. I study tendencies. That's all I study. Yeah. Tendencies, like, yo, per, per, percentages show that a three-step drop, you're going to do this. Five-step drop, you're going to do that. Seven-step drop. If I know the depth the quarterback is dropping, then I know that the, uh, I know where the route is going to stem off at. So I know where I have to be at the top of the route, and I know what I can do. And he said, everybody used to always try and get me with double moves because I'm known for jumping routes. But how many times did they get me with a double move? I'll wait. Okay. I can say it. Like, dude, yo, dude was cocky. Yeah, he it down. It's funny, though, because um, Iman, Iman Shumpert talked about uh, LeBron that way. He said LeBron is like a nerd who, like, watches so much film to study people's tendencies. He said so he wouldn't close out on certain folks on certain parts of the court because he was like, yo, boy, only shoot like 20% from there. So, And he was like, why do you know that? And he's like, because that's how hard the boy studies. But, I mean, you know, that that separates um, people that have high IQs in terms of their sport. Because you can be – you could. See, I remember, I remember um, A-Rod, right, when A-Rod was uh, dating. At the time, he was dating like one of the, uh, the CEO of like Google. Like, uh, she wasn't CEO. She was CEO of Google. It was a lady that A-Rod was dating, and they had broke up. And she said that, you know, she's in the tech space. And, at, you know, at the time, A-Rod doesn't know anything about tech. She was like, so having conversations was difficult because she loves tech. He's in the, she was like, at the time he was working in baseball, she said, but if you ask him a baseball question, he would sound like Albert Einstein. Like, he studies tendencies and numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, point, point being, if you have a yeah. craft and you want to really focus and study your craft, you can be a genius at that, even if you don't, you know, kind of yeah. like fare well in other, spot, other spots. Yeah. So it's interesting to see people that study sports that way because um, some of these players really put that effort in. Like, listen, you ever watch the Peyton Manning and Eli show? 
It's like uh, it's boring as hell. But when you hear Peyton talk, it's boring as hell. It's a terrible show. It probably shouldn't even be on TV. Absolutely terrible. But when you hear both of those dudes talk together about like certain plays, you're like, yo, what language are y'all speaking? Yo, it's funny like, because I actually kind of like and appreciate that stuff. So I probably wouldn't find it boring. You know, we love our ratchet, bullcrap, bullshit shows, but I like when people apply intelligence to to sport, especially professional no, sports, I because too, I believe I still, I still, I still, still got to have a certain level of entertainment. Like, you can't just sit up there and tell me that, you know. So um, you so, so you appreciate I'll, the balance that Asante formula. brought. You, you appreciate the balance because exactly. he brought it so on. He brought it had the, the, but that's why, yeah, yeah. That's why Asante, I said, is a top ten uh, interview of all time because he had a yeah. balance. Like, he kept me entertained, but then when it got to the X's and O's, he knew that part too. Yeah, he definitely, like, he definitely right. did. He, he was entertaining. He threw Bill Belichick so far under the truck. We can't even say he threw him under the bus because it wasn't a bus. He threw yeah. Belichick under a truck. Like, he made, yo, he dissed Bill so bad, he made me uncomfortable. Like, and I'm not a Bill fan. I don't like Bill, but I respect him as one of the great, if not the greatest coach. And he showed him he, respect. Yo, if I be flat out said, no, nah, that's Andy Reid. I'm like, yo, and I love Andy to death, and I know he ain't the best coach ever. Come on, yo. Yeah, but that, that was personal. That was, about some chick- that was about some chicken, and that yeah, was Yeah, it was. It was personal. Yeah, but before we uh, – and, and, and um, by the way, Tobias, we're going to get Tobias on the line in a second, but before we do, though, your man Shady, yo, he got chill with this Tom Brady love, yo. The, yo, they weren't even talking about Tom Brady. Like he, he, Tom Brady yo, is better than all of them. Yo, one minute into the show, he told Brady, like, yo, pull your zipper down, you know what I'm saying, let me see what you were – that's yeah. what he told Brady one minute into the show. Yeah. Like, yo, lay it on my forehead. Don't take do it nothing. off. Yo. Got, yo, Shady yo. And, and that's crazy because I love Shady. Like, Shady, Shady reminds me of every young black male from Philadelphia born in the 90s. Like, his swagger, yeah. his cockiness, just, yo, I love. But when it comes to Brady, it's kind of like Shannon Sharp and LeBron. Like, I love what Shannon stands for until he gets LeBron's penis in his hand then he turns into a woman that's the same thing with shady like yo shady is amazing until he decides to go swirl and interracial with his homo like it goes i'm like shady you gotta relax man yeah asante say something about asante say something about tom and you hear shady like yup yup mm-hmm <laughs> yo i i yo i feel like i feel like asante was uh auditioning to get a spot on the show or something. Yo, he or got maybe do his own pod or something. Yo, he got Yo, personality. Not, not the podcast, I'm subscribing I'm subscribing right away. Boy's like boy like the tax on the uh, NFL and whatnot. Yeah. Y'all heard tax coming home soon by the way, man. Be safe though. Anyway oh, man, free um, to God. Yeah, anyway man, before we move on though, let's let's see let's see what uh, topic Tobias wanna talk about, man. Roll damn tie. We got Tobias calling in. Let's get him on. Get him on. Roll Roll down tie. I'm actually in God's country right now, Alabama visiting my family. Uh, That's why you whispering. You don't want them to look at you. Hey man, here's the thing, right? Hey, I, I, already, I already ate like some, uh, some other pork chops of purple hull peas and some greens. Now I'm, I'm about to go to sleep in a bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't but, want those MAGA folks to be smoking on a Tobias pack tonight. 
Oh, no, nah, no, nah, I can't do that. Hey, I had a buddy in my own station with, because there's a base out here, right, in Montgomery, my hometown. He all asked me straight up, man, where the white girls be? I said, bro, that they ain't the town for that. Uh, <laughs> town, oh, man. Know? Oh, man. I said, oh, man. I said, you be trying. I said, do not go to these bars here, because they play country music, and you know you ain't welcome. But, uh, you know, but a couple of things, right? I saw Kyler Murray. Uh, it's funny. He held the team hostage and still didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but it to me, it shows like the way the NFL is with quarterbacks. You don't even have to be great. In mind, this guy's never thrown 4,000 yards in a passing league, and he's one of the lowest yards per attempt guy, but the media <laughs> likes him. Uh, because he is catch a check down, and he's that guy where if you rush him right, He's done. He can't do anything. And I just think and he's not a leader because you see him a lot out where I'm at. Part is they still had years left on the deal. And also you can franchise them. When people say, well, you got to pay them more, so be it if you have to, you know. But it just, mm-hmm. it, just it, I, it, it just shows that uh, if you have to pay them more, so be it. I mean, he was great for you. But what, but what I think people like the hot take media miss is, he can't hold out because the NFL made it prohibitive to hold out. Uh, they can franchise you, and, and if y'all mad about the contract structure, blame the NFLPA who would rather practice less and smoke weed than get rid of the franchise tag and all these holdout rules, you know. But but at the same time, if they feel like he's the guy, which I don't think he's great, I just think that he's just liked by the media because he makes some flash plays and stuff. And it's the same guy that threw a, a, like an underhanded softball pitch in a playoff game that, that actually drove the rock to drink, but uh, a lot of TV. Uh, but you know, but I, I, you know, but I just think. But the one thing also about these guaranteed contracts, I think people miss out of the NFL, the money has to be in escrow, so the owner has to put his own money up on that stuff, and that's that's why the Bengals are so selling can, their naming rights for once. So you're saying that, like, um, even though the whole contract's not guaranteed, whatever whatever number that's guaranteed over the life of that contract, they got to put that into an escrow account? Like, if they went fully guaranteed, like Deshaun Watson, that money has to be in they can pull yeah. out of it. Everything, Joe everything. Burrow. Oh, you mean, okay, 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 okay. So it's just if the, full, if the whole contract's fully guaranteed. What I'm saying yeah, is, yeah. let's just say that you got a contract where everything's not guaranteed, but a small, like a, a portion yeah, of only it. only the guaranteed portion. that portion has only to be the guaranteed portion. Only guaranteed. So if he had 250 escrow instead of 160, that's a whole ball of wax. And you know Joe Burrow, he going to be wanting a full guarantee, especially he had that big knee injury. Uh, Herbert going to want that big deal. Patrick Mahomes somewhere saying, why the hell did I sign this 10-year deal <laughs> right now? Uh, you know, so that, that that's something right there. And, uh, but if I'm these quarterbacks, I'm trying to get a full full guaranteed deal, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you. That's, that's interesting, uh, right, because like, I remember when they signed, like, Patrick Mahomes, and everybody was like, man, like, you know, that's a crazy contract. Now they got they got off cheap now. Yeah. And all those years, I was like, why do you sign for all those years? It's kind of like that Soto guy from the Nationals. I would never sign a 15-year contract, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, so I think Patrick got no, a little kind of like sucker on that. Right? We, we, can't, we can't let that slide, bro. We got to go. We got to go. I think it's two ways to look at it, right, because 
there's the one way where, okay, you know, because you might have another payday coming if you don't take that longer deal. But it's also something to be said for, like, I got complete security now. Guaranteed. If I got a guaranteed contract over 14 years, I, I can kind of, like, manage my life. I know that regardless of anything else, this is the kind of chicken I got coming in for 14 years. So, yeah. I mean, so, so like, think about it this way. Think about it um, to use Skyview in the chat, his example of, uh, you know, Nerlens Noel. What if Nerlens would have took that big deal, then got hurt? He'd have been, he'd have been well, doing pretty okay then. Not a star. He was stupid. Uh, like Soto's a star, and I think with him, because he's so young also, and this baseball money TV deals keep coming up, and they'll get more money. And I think that five, six years, or like even have an opt-out somewhere in a deal, then you get out. Like Clayton Kershaw signed a 10-year deal to Dodgers, but he had an opt-out after so many years yeah. to redo the deal. I think that's something that you should do. You should not do a 15-year straight with no opt-out. I do that thing five years, six years in because of TV money. And plus, baseball has no salary cap. So mm-hmm. that money that money's good there. But the problem is when they sign 30-year-old Albert Pujols, that's what it says on his papers. I still say he got his papers from the same place Orlando Hernandez got his papers. Uh, hey, <laughs> you know. Yo. Yeah. And, uh, but one thing also, right, y'all like basketball, right? Everybody talking about, like, you see, like the like Danny Ainge here. He thinks everybody's stupid. Ain't nobody's gutting their whole team for the next decade for Donovan Mitchell. Everybody's not stupid like the Minnesota no, Timberwolves. No, I don't think he's stupid. I don't think he wants to part with him, so he yeah. throws out a ridiculous a ridiculous ask. And if somebody's dumb enough to do it, then yo, D. Mitch, you know it, it wasn't I mean, personal. I, I had mean, to take six first rounders. I don't think it's. I, I think that he does. I don't think that he thinks everybody's stupid. But I feel like, well, first off, I feel like they are that stupid, right? I mean, he's been yeah. able to do this. He's done this several times, right? This isn't the first time he's done that. Look what he got to go back. KG, KG was KG did the same thing for KG like Paul Pitt. Like he's been able to do this. So like, the way he looking at it is, I ain't doing nothing different than what I've been doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and like the Knicks, they be smart to sit it out because hey, he ain't making the playoffs anyway this year. And I think that sometimes you just have, instead of chasing stars, because you're seeing how the league is going now in a way, is that you got so much talent in this league nowadays than 20 years ago. And, uh, and that if you just develop your guys and be a good playoff team, then you can make that move because you have more players. Because, you know, cause like the Spurs, for example, living off those first-round picks, they'd be rotation guys. But you see, like, in the league, you need rotation guys that can get in and fill a role. And and I feel like if you're going to trade all that for a star, it has to be like KD in his prime, you know, somebody like that, in my opinion. Or LeBron in his prime, where you know you got a chip on your on your way if you get a guy like that, if you go mortgage that feature like that. Donovan's nice, but he's not a six-first-round six pick and a bunch of pick swap in your in like young players guy. Nice guy, but you kind of get what I'm saying on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, and mean, y'all talk I mean, like, I mean I, I, listen, I, I agree with you, but I also agree that, like, would you be surprised if one of these NBA teams took the bait, like, the way they operate? Of course not. Uh, there's a reason exactly. the Sacramento Kings exactly. ain't there's, – there's a reason Sacramento Kings ain't made the playoffs since George W. Bush was in office. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't, like, I, don't even, I don't even knock him for trying yeah. Oh, you gotta try because 
like even Rudy Gobert, Danny was probably like, holy shit, they actually accepted a deal? Cool. <laughs> you know, that was Danny probably said. Yeah, you know? I feel, I, feel like but, Danny, I feel like Danny be laughing when he sent an email. He be sending the emails over laughing as he gets sent. Hey, Pat Riley probably mm-hmm. hung up in his face with a hey, Imagine him trying to tell Pat Riley one of six first round picks. You know, Pat probably hung up on him. Uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, but like it's like you know it's crazy though. It's like I hear all these the people in the media talking the Lakers stuck with Westbrook. We were saying that midway last season because of the way the salaries are set up in the NBA. Kind of, kind of the trade rules. You have to match salaries. So Russ only got one year left on his deal. You'd be better off just eating that one year and just resetting your books next year instead of because you got to take back salary, which means those players mm-hmm. aren't that good, and you got more years tied to those guys. And you know, and all sometimes you got to bite win- the book. All depends upon your all depends upon your window to window. Like there's so many factors and you got to think about. If you get it, you know, you got to think about that window you got. I think what happened with them is. I don't think even they trade Westbrook, they win the title. I think, and people laugh at this, I think they miss Caruso and KCP than they more than they thought they would because there's something something special about guys who know their role and cool with their roles. Uh, yeah, and that's this, what Team Kimmer the, the, the Lakers, The Lakers need star power, though. That's what the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers are more than just Ws. They want some star power. So I get it. Yeah, because you kind of get them coming from because, because with LeBron, you don't need another ball dominant player. You got LeBron on your team, even Magic Johnson on your team. LeBron's the point guard. That's how he's always been. That's their fault. But you had Caruso, who's cool out the ball, uh, who who could play defense, help perimeter D. KCP could do guard on perimeter, hit an open three. They were one of the worst three point mm-hmm. shooting teams in the league, and LeBron was. They were one of the worst at shooting open threes, and so mm-hmm. you know. And I just think that they just worry about chasing stars instead of like trying to build a team that could win. Because those Kobe, those last Kobe championship teams weren't star studded. You know, right. the Shaq Kobe it, it, team I weren't mean, star studded. It was got, a Shaq and Kobe. Got, you, yeah, but you got, yeah. you got. I, well, I mean, the thing is, you got two big stars. I mean, you got other guys that fit that still the roles, right? You got they knew they roles. You know, yep. Saul, they knew their Kobe. Yep, they, you know, they, so they knew their roles. Got something. Yeah, and uh, one Every thing I go with this. Needs role players. Yeah, yeah, and like with KD, I think it's like Phoenix messed themselves up by being cheap with Aiden last season. You, you thought it just down to the contract last off season, and you could always move them anyway. And I think KD is going to be on the Nets next season uh, because teams yeah. aren't going to because he's thirty four and they ain't going to gut everything. And uh, now if I'm Phoenix. As soon as I could trade Aiton, I would give it to the Nets. If I had to give them a pick swaps, I would do it. Because someone like the Suns, I, I was saying this last season watching them, they don't got one guy to get his own shot. <laughs> you know, he ain't being double teamed in the YMCA. Uh, you know, but it's just crazy close. You got a veteran team with an old point guard. Now, if you're a younger team, I wouldn't do it. But if I was an older like the Suns or even the Heat, I will go after KD because you got a lot of some veterans and you go for it. But here's another thing with those NBA rules: you can't have, you can't trade for a guy that's on a rookie max deal if you got one on the team. The NBA is so hard to trade people, and uh, you yeah. gotta have seventy-five percent salaries. Maybe it should be fifty percent. 
And then, like the NFL, you could trade Tom Brady or Mahomes right now for a pick, for a seven round pick if you wanted to. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, baseball, you could, you, you could trade Barry Bond, you could trade Mike Trout for prospects. How do you think basketball makes it so hard? to make trades and teams could improve their team because well, you're not a bad deal in basketball, to, you're stuck. They're trying to protect parity, and, 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 even though it doesn't work that way, but that's their objective because in the past, teams have been, you know, there were, there were more Danny Angels. Red Auerbach used to run um, run through a league and just outsmart people, right? I mean, so they try to they try to do work on parity by putting all these rules in. But here's the crazy part about it. We have a draft lottery, <laughs> The Sacramento Kings are stunk like it says Bush was in office. How many times Orlando, Cleveland, got the number one draft pick? New Orleans, number one draft picks. And where they been at all these years? Minnesota, where they been well, at all these years? Well, um, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, right? This is just more proof positive that when it comes to winning in the league, it takes more than just talent. You need coaching. You need um, people in the front office to put the right players on the bus, so to speak, because – you keep get, I mean, like you look at Orlando, they like they seem like they got a top five pick every year for like twenty years, right? And yep. ever since White left, they got a top. They got ever since White left, they got a top five pick. It seems like, but at the end of the day, if you're not making the right picks, it doesn't matter that you got a top five pick every year. Also, if you're not developing yeah. the talent that you bring in, you don't have any coaches or anybody in the front office to help you like put players around that top pick that you know complement their game. So it's a, it's a lot that goes into it. It's not just as simple as, like, yo, we got – Yeah. Yeah, because what so, happens I mean, is what a lot of times teams don't understand team building. They just grab players. And I think some, because you got to build teams that – if you got that singular star, you have to build around that. Like, for instance, I think Detroit has done a good job of that with Kay Cunningham building around him and being patient with the players they got that compliment him. But I just think some of these teams like Orlando, like every year they, they, they took a 6'10 guy that can't shoot, you know, every year. But see, but, but, and how are you going to win with that? But, again, that's why I said that it goes to even deeper than that. When you get the guy in there, who is helping to develop him? Who Who's coaching mm-hmm. him up, right? So every, everybody has a part to play. I know that a lot of times we, we, you know, because the players are the players, we fall in love with that. But championships are won throughout the entire organization. That's yep. how championships and, are won. And ownership's important too, right? Because I like my bulls. Absolutely. Jerry like Jerry Reinsdorf only cares about a profit. He doesn't even want to go in a luxury tax. I still say he was cool with letting Michael Jordan go because he didn't want to pay Michael Jordan for all people thirty million a year. <laughs> you know. Uh Zach Levine is the first because Derrick Rose got hurt, so he would have probably been the first, but uh Zach Levine was the first bull ever to make a hundred million dollar get a hundred million dollar contract too. Nice to get a hundred million in the nineties. And uh, and with and with Ryan, so what people don't realize about the luxury tax, the teams who don't pay the tax get profit sharing, like revenue sharing from the teams who pay the tax. So you got the third yes, biggest media market, a top five mar- uh, team in value, and they run it like the Oklahoma City Thunder. You only gonna be a but second see, round but, but, team but at the why, most. This is why we always talk about the fact that. Like fans get it confused. They think that all these owners care to win. All the owners they don't care. like to win, but that's not their priority. When you can get revenue sharing from from everybody, and you don't even have to like really go into a luxury tax. You just have a certain um, number to meet. 
business-wise, it probably makes more sense to do that. Yeah. Unless hey, you're Jimmy. in a major market. The thing about being in a major market is you can make so much money off of winning a championship. But outside of that, though, you know, yeah, you can make profit. And, and, and the one thing is that's the reason – I've been telling people that's the reason the Bulls ain't being able to get the big-name free agent. It's not because of weather or anything. Braun makes it known. If I'm going to your team – I want you to spend as much as possible to put a winner on the table to go for it. The Bulls aren't willing to do that, so why the hell will LeBron go there, for example? <laughs> you know? Yep. Uh, and that I think true. that's and – like, and, and if you got somebody like that, you you go ahead and spend all you can, even with those 90s Bulls teams. Yeah, they probably lost to the Spurs the next year. But you know what would have been better? You, it, that would have been better than running your team with Tony Kukoc, who's the best player that next year. <laughs> You know, and, yeah. and I just think that you have to – I just think you have to – it's like nothing's wrong with being a playoff team because your fans are excited. You got good product on the tape, on the court or the field, and you still going to make more money making the playoffs instead of making the play-in or that one series like the Bulls, right? They only played two home games because the Bucks smoked them. How much extra money did you really get, if you get what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah. but hey, you guys have a good one, man. Hey, good talking to you fellas, man. man you guys be good, man. All right, thanks for the call as always, good brother. Be safe, be safe down there. All right, peace, no man. doubt, Tobias, we appreciate you. Yeah, man. So, I mean, always good stuff from from the brother Tobias. Like we said, we we definitely gonna have a, a, a short show this season, but we gotta talk about what happened while you were on the Grizz Nae, and while you were on the Grizz Nae is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business have a custom website. You gotta holler at Digital Extreme Technologies by going to digitalextremetech.com or calling two six seven two zero five four two zero three and say, "Yo, I heard on the war room." Just go, "Yeah," and they'll take care of you at Digital Extreme Technologies. So, time to talk about what happened while you were on the Great IE. All right, so one of the major stories that uh, come out today is uh, the Sixers, right? The Sixers unveiled their plan to put a new arena in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, you know, there has been people on both sides. Some people understand why they're trying to do it, what field they're going for. Some people are worried about parking. But did you see anything about the plans? Uh, you know, um, I did not. The Sixers I, put I, it I in did city? hear that it was – I did hear it was coming down the pike, and uh, I don't know. I'm not for it, man. I, I, I'm only it, that that statement is purely nostalgia based. So I try and keep things as close to the spectrum as possible, and uh, the spectrum uh, is long gone. Bars. Yeah. I thought I thought you were kicking the bar. Yeah. I try to keep things as close to the spectrum. I thought that was like a double entendre right there. Close, yeah, close to the spectrum, <laughs> bro. That's you Come on now. Yeah. So I mean, I think it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, full, full disclosure. Um, so there, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, uh, how can I put this right? So I, full disclosure. I, I really can't comment too much on it. One of the development partners on the project is Mosaic Development, and um, you know, I am a member of Mosaic. So uh, nice. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Not, not so. So, so you don't need get to go to still broke. I ain't in that, but, but, but. But I'm I'm in the building with Mosaic, so let's just put it that way. So I'm gonna leave that alone. Are you gonna be buying some I'm of the tickets? No, that's not that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying 
Um, ain't too much I can say on that. But with that being said, though, I think it's interesting to see if this happens. There's still a long way to go. Um, if they do start construction, it won't be for another five years. The lease doesn't end at the current Wells Fargo Center until 2031. But it will help revitalize downtown, and that fashion district definitely needs something to happen. So I'll leave it at that. Um, something else that happened this uh, past week while you were on the Grizz Night, keep it with the Sixers. So everyone knows that um, Michael Rubin is one of the uh, current owners of the Sixers who has actually said that he's selling his uh, stake in the Sixers, right? Um, Be off, mm-hmm. you're an accomplished businessman. I want you to give you some statistics about Michael Rubin's first business, which allowed him to invest in the Sixers, which is Fanatics, right? And by the way, we can make mm-hmm. this a Saturday week since we didn't have one. This would be a Saturday week as well as the story that happened while you were on the Grizz Night. So in 2019, Fanatics had a valuation of $4.5 billion. He built that business, which is a, you know, um, a dope business. He built it to a $4.5 billion business. They are um, a past sponsor of the War Room. In 2020, <laughs> their valuation was $6.2 billion. Mm. 2021, their valuation shot up to $18 billion. Right now, as we stand in 2022, the valuation of Fanatics is $27 billion. So Fanatics had an increase of 500% since 2019. This is the reason why my guy says, I love the owner Sixers. I'm a Sixers fan from the area, but uh, I got other business to uh, deal with. I know a lot of people were confused. I got a lot of people were confused. A lot of people were like, you know, their dream is to be an owner of a, a sports franchise. But when you got another horse over there that's going crazy like that, uh, yeah. Listen, man, I'm going to explain it so you regular people can understand. Because Jimmy understands. Because he's about, he just basically told y'all earlier to go back to y'all miserable, miserable life. <laughs> ah, no, no, I'm broke, baby. My man, Ru- my man Ruben said, you lay down with one dream, but when you roll over and she's looking at you and she could be that money, you wake up with another dream. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, they're saying that Fanatics, Fanatics is also one of the, another one of the reasons why he just won't keep a, you know, a solid share is because Fanatics is getting into the sports betting business. And sports betting, it's so yeah. much money. It's so, it's so much money over there that um, – He's willing to not own an NBA franchise. So it's a conflict of interest to be into sports betting and own a franchise, which makes sense. But that tells you also how much money is in the sports betting business. Because oh, he feels like this could be, he feels like Fanatics could be a hundred billion dollar company. How is things going with your casino, though, bro? <laughs> All right, that's how it's going. Keep it moving. Next, on to the next. <laughs> No, so, so we don't got to we not got to talk about. So it. I think that no, but I think that's interesting to see, like you know, Michael Rubin, someone get to that 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 level because I know people always feel like I would never sell a franchise, but you know, when you got when you got other stuff that's going that way, bro, you know, it is you got it other is stuff to do. Also, real mm-hmm. quick, while we were um, talking about what happened while you were on the grind, there was some news that broke uh, just recently. I know you had a story about Michael Thomas. What's up with Michael Thomas? Yeah, so while the entire world, or at least the entire footballing world, 
is anxiously awaiting the return of the far wide receiver, Michael Thomas. And why is he famous? Well, he's the guy that made us not realize that Drew Brees' arm strength was steadily going towards Chad Pennington level with each passing game. And why did he do that? Michael Thomas is so big, pause, and his catch radius is so dynamic. All you got to do is put it in his area, and his hands are strong. He's catching that thing. But Michael Thomas hasn't been Michael Thomas since 2019. So the expectation was coming back off of the 2020 season where, you know, he had the major injury, the ankle. He was expected to have a mean rebound year. Enough. There were at first reports that the Saints were releasing Michael Thomas. But now I don't think they've released him, but they have put him on the physically unable to perform list, the PUP list, which means PUP, either he sustained an additional or a new injury or that ankle isn't repaired. That ankle injury from 2019-2020, around. So now the question begs, if that is what it is, 29, Will we ever see the real Michael Thomas again? That's the question. Yeah, man. That's a great question, too. If Michael Thomas had, hadn't gotten injured, would Drew Brees still be playing? Yeah, interesting. Interesting, man. I mean, he ain't rushing to play with Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Famous Jamie. <laughs> Famous Davis. Listen, folks, we told you this would be a short show, so um, before, but we, I, I still have one more thing to do. I got um, something that happened this day in sports history. Um, so, gotta let you know. And by the way, those are the stories that happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Nye. Um, but this day in sports history is brought to you by Sports the Book. Keep it very simple. It's the greatest sports book ever written. Go to warroomsports.com and get your copy of Sports 3. Uh, I want to see what B. Austin knows about this in terms of history. July 21st, 1957, Althea Gibson became the first black to win a major U.S. tennis tournament. What were you taught about Althea Gibson in your youth, be often, if anything? Uh, not enough because it seemed like the focus was on Arthur Ashe as opposed to Althea. And I'm not saying that that was yeah. because, but I'm not saying it wasn't either. But why was the focus so hard on Arthur Ashe? Not on Althea. Just a little background. Yeah, it's a little background on Althea Gibson um, from South Carolina. Uh, she won seven Grand Slam women's singles titles. Um, you know, so she was very accomplished in her sport and is a legend and should be acknowledged. So we want to make sure that we definitely acknowledge Althea Gibson for her contribution to sports and being the first black to win a major U.S. tennis tournament. Right, not black female, the first black person. So, um, you know, that was the rest in power to Althea Gibson, who is a legend, a legend. Wait for it, dairy. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it is definitely time for us to get out of here. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat, everybody on every platform. You know, we appreciate all the support. Shout out to Skyview and Neil for always holding down the chat. Shout out to our brother Dev who's traveling the world, feeding the homeless and taking care of the youth. Um, you know, but you can always catch us back here next week 
So probably have another short show next week because we're waiting for football to start, man. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for football to start. We need the gridiron, everybody to report. They need some more drama in the world of sports. But we will be back here next week. Catch everything we do at our hub of warroomsports.com. The book, Sports the Book, you can get that also from warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. And we shall see you chumps on Till's Naive. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.